The opinions and views expressed in this video are purely for entertainment purposes and not for investment advice. Good afternoon, goons. Welcome back to another episode of Jack of All Trades. Here with me, as always, is Kaylin and Sam. And uh, today we're going to do a little... It's a little off-the-cuff conversation about how to get started in trading. And, uh, yeah, take it away, Kaylin. Yeah, so I kind of uh, – well, first of all, I wanted to say it's very exciting to have my microphone plugged back. Just <laughs> 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 David about that. Ever since I moved into my new house, it's been uh, eight months. Couldn't find the plug, so I've been just using the mic on my camera. And I uh, bought some more screens the other day. So when I was hooking everything up, I was under my desk, and I'm like, what the fuck is this little plug? And I find it, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I had it plugged in the whole time. <laughs> but anyways, hopefully the sound quality is a little bit better now. <laughs> it's significantly better. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to um, just do like, we don't really have a format or anything. I just kind of want to do like a little bit of a, a, a discussion about like how to get started in trading and like where to learn from and things like that. Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions on the internet. Like, I, first of all, like Twitter is probably the worst place to get really good trading advice unless you know like unless you know the guys personally almost um twitter is super helpful for news like if you follow really good really good like news article pages business pages and stuff like you can get quick news way faster than you can get it anywhere that's great for that um but twitter is kind of one of those places where you get so many people that are just you know self-made and they come out of nowhere and all of a sudden they have this huge following and you know, the reality is like, it's no different than anything else. Like everybody learns from someone else. And the thing that I just, I was just kind of thinking about it this week. And I thought the thing that I like, one of the things I really like about trading is the fact that it's, it's so unique. And I think it's, it's a tough thing for a lot of people to get into because when you start trading, basically it's like, okay, I just need to like, somebody just show me how to make money. Right. Like, I just want to learn from someone like, like, like you read a book and it's like, okay, this guy does this, this way. Like I'm going to make money doing this. And then you try and you fail. And then you find somebody else and they do something different and then you're like, okay, this guy knows how to make money. And then you try and then you fail. And we've talked about this before. And like a huge component of that is, is really just your personality. I mean, me and David, like we talk about this all the time, how for one, we always come to the same levels using different indicators, which is pretty interesting. And two, like we have completely different trading styles because we have completely different personalities. Right. So there's, there's so many different ways to do it. But I mean, even just in that example, like, David could teach me exactly how he trades and I might, I might lose more than I win and, and vice versa. Right. Because it might not work for our, you know, our emotional tolerance, our personality, uh, you know, the, the time available you have to trade, like all these different factors. So I just kind of want to go through like some resources that I've used and, you know, David, you can chime in whenever you want just about, uh, about how to, how to learn how to trade. So, um, I kind of want to start with chat rooms because I think that that's probably like in this day and age, I think probably at least 90% of the people that are trying to get into, into trading or day trading or whatever you're doing or hopping into, into chat rooms. So um, there's, I mean, there's, I don't know, there's probably hundreds of them out there. Like, I don't know them all. I know, you know, I know a handful of them. I've been in several of them myself. Um, and it's even interesting in that respect because I've had, I've been in chat rooms. I'm not going to name them because I don't want to like throw anyone under the bus or anything, but like I've been in chat rooms that were just absolutely awful. Like I, I didn't learn anything. Every time I did what the what the moderators or the the guys leading the chat room were telling me to do, I would lose money every single time. It never worked. And then I see, you know, I'll see dozens of other people come out of that exact same chat room and they're just nailing it. Like they're making tons of money. They're doing really, really well. 
and then I'll go somewhere else and you get kind of the same thing and then you go somewhere else and then maybe you start to find some consistency. So I think for one, you, you have to make sure you're not in like a pumper chat room because that's like any, any, any chat room that sends you alerts, any chat room that sends you email alerts says, hey, buy the stock now. Hey, it's here. You better short it. Like anything like that, I would say you're, you're in a pumper room. Like you want to get out of that because that's all just like that's basically just the guy that's running the chat room trying to make you guys buy so that he's already owned the stock and he can sell into your buys and all this kind of stuff. So any, like any decent chat room that I've been in, they never give it alerts. Never. Like anybody that gives you a stock alert that says, buy now, this thing's going up. Like you're getting scammed. That's, that's the bottom line. So I'd say avoid those at all costs. And I know it has a huge hook because it's, you know, it seems like free money. Like, Oh yeah, I'll just buy when this guy tells me to buy. He's been doing this for, you know, 20 years. It'll be nice and easy, but it never works that way. Like you have to be self-sufficient in trading. Um, do you have any experience with that sort of stuff, David, in your like swings or? Actually, I've never joined a chat room. I, I came close to joining one a few years ago, um, but it was because like it was run by like five guys and I knew like three of them, knew of three of them. They were like legit traders. So I thought I, I should join. But the amount that they were charging, it was like a few hundred a month. And so I was like, kind of a lot, you know? Um, so, and especially like you said, they don't really give alerts. They'll give like, they have like a backlog of articles that they write, a lot of knowledge to give, right? And a lot of like, and they kind of like do one-on-one help, but they don't do um, the alerts and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, if I just kind of like grind it out, I can probably learn this stuff on my own and save myself like a couple hundred bucks a month. So I never ended up joining. Yeah, I, I was kind of in the same boat. I think a lot of people think that way too when they start. And that's, that's again, kind of the hook on those like pump rooms is they're usually cheaper. Like you usually see a lot of chat rooms for like, you know, 50, 60 bucks a month. And they're like, yeah, we give out free alerts. So like, if you think about the mentality of a new trader, like, you know, maybe you've saved up two or 3000 bucks or whatever, and you want to get started in the markets. And here you have this guy saying he's only going to cost you 50 bucks a month, but he can send you an alert that's going to make you a hundred percent on a trade every day. I mean, you know, it sounds like it too good to be true because it is right. But the guys that, you know, it, it's no different than anything, right? Like, I know David, you do a lot of photography and stuff like that. Like, you know, you're not cheap because you're very good at what you do and, and you're not paying for, you're not paying like in the sense for that, you know, hour, two hours for, for you to come out and take photos, for example, you're, you're paying for all that experience. You're paying for the years of work that you've put in to master your craft, right? Like that's why those expenses are very high, like no different than a lawyer. Like, I mean, yeah, you hire a lawyer to do something, maybe it's a small case and you're only with them for a few hours or whatever, but you're paying for the decades of experience that this lawyer brings to the table. That's what you're paying for. And it's no different in my mind with these chat rooms. So when I first started out, I kind of fell victim to that too. And that would be one of the things that I would recommend to people in hindsight is if, if, if you like try a few, obviously, like, you know, you have to figure out like what, what learning style is the best for you. Cause different, different rooms will have, you know, they have different formats, they have different video styles, they have different ways of delivering information. And it's not necessarily that one is particularly better than the other. It might just be that you receive information better in a certain in a certain setting right so you might like one over the other just because of the way that their their web page is laid out for example um but i think if you're going to get really good information from people like you like you're saying i mean 200 bucks a month is nothing right like i mean you could make that in one trade if these guys are teaching you well enough like like it's 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 really that experience that you're paying for so like if you're if you're getting into like a really high-end chat room like with really experienced guys and it's going to be you know a few thousand bucks a year to be in this room i mean you can make that easily back and you know a couple of trades 
if you've actually learned and if you can learn from these particular people. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying go out and just spend a whole crap ton of money on all these things, like, you know, float around, try different things, figure the stuff out. And then you can use that as one tool in your arsenal. Um, the other thing that I know both of us use a lot is books, right? Like we love to read. We love to learn from all, all kinds of different people. Like, you know, I've learned stuff from guys that have only been day traders to guys like Warren Buffett who've been investors. And I use all that in my own personal trading style. So like, I know David, you're huge on like Peter Lynch and all those kind of guys. Like if you want to kind of go into that a little bit, like what, what some core things you were that got out of them. Uh, yeah. Peter Lynch has a pretty short career. Actually. He's only got like two talks that he did on uh that's on YouTube. They're pretty, they're pretty old. And his books, he's, I think he's only had two, um, one up on wall street was uh, the most popular one, I think. But it's because his, his philosophy and his strategy is so simple. It's just like, it's so simple. Literally just buy the, buy the monopoly, buy the front runner um, company in an emerging market. It's, it's just that simple, right? So he's got, he went for Toys R Us, he went for Walmart. He went for Walmart before they were even a national chain, right? So the whole idea is like, you, you kind of, it has a multiplying factor where the company's not just growing within an industry, the industry itself is growing. And so like, you can have, exponential growth and so that's how he, he's getting his, his uh 10 baggers so he was saying how like you only need a few to make a career and it's true right. i basically only had two sort of and it's 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 returned just ridiculous amounts like i couldn't be able to do this like just meandering 10 percent a year here and there with a bunch of you know diversified stocks it's yeah. uh he's, he's, a, he's a stock picker i i i'm definitely a stock picker that to, to what you're saying earlier like that suits my personality i can't do this I can't do diversified. I can't do these overly complex uh, portfolios like Ray Dalio's. who has got like this all weather portfolio and he's got, you know, he's got this crazy allocation thing going on. It's just, no, I'm just a stock picker. I like to keep it simple. Yeah. So again, I mean, that works great for your personality, right? Like I know like, you know, Bitcoin and Tesla are two of your biggest winners so far, but if you look at the pullbacks that those things have and, you know, pretty short succession, I mean, like anybody like Warren Buffett or someone like that, you know, you'd be a little bit scared if you're seeing like, oh yeah, it's just, just doing another 80% pullback, you know, don't worry about it. Right. But like, <laughs> but it, like that works for you. Right. Whereas a lot of people, they don't want to see that. Like they always want to see their money just like slowly, you know, chugging away. So again, it just comes back to the personality thing. And I think reading a lot of those books are, they were really helpful for me. Like it, it, it takes time to read books, like audio books are great. Um, but the biggest thing that I got from reading different books and like, again, all different people from day traders up to guys that don't sell stocks for 20 years, um, it gives you, a, it gives you a mindset to work off of. So like, I, I kind of had a, bet, a bit of a better understanding on, um, like how different types of traders think. And that helps me in my own trading style, because if I'm looking at, like, if I'm looking at like a, an intraday trade or a week trade or a month long trade, just knowing how a lot of other professionals think gives me more insight into like different sides of the trade. Like I always talk about, if you're shorting a stock, you should be thinking about what the longs are doing at that moment. If you're longing a stock, you should be thinking about the, what the shorts are doing at that moment because you have to think of both sides of the trade and then you, you pick the best option, right? So if you can see all the other sides of the trade, it just enhances your own personal ability even more. So I think it's good to have that kind of knowledge. And then uh, the third thing for me, so like 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 a, a good chat room for guys to teach you from or like, you know, someone that you can kind of link up with on Twitter who's, who's actually educated, uh, read as many books as you can. And then obviously just basic technical analysis. And I mean, that's, that's something that anybody can really learn very easily just off of Google searches and stuff like that. Like we say, you know, like all the patterns, I mean, we've joked a couple of times about how like, oh yeah, when we first started trading, it was like, we'd see this pattern and 
then it would say, oh, buy here. And then you buy and it would tank or reverse or whatever. But um, everything that you're going to learn outside of that is going to give you the the ability to be able to commit to those trades because you'll know the underlying reason. Like it's not just a pattern. There's other things that go into the background of it. But once you know those patterns and you can be able to apply those to the outside information you get, that's when your trading career is really going to start taking off. So it's, 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 it's about just like accumulating as much knowledge from as many different sources as possible. Like I think, I think nowadays just because of the way that people are and the way people think and the way that our media is like, we were talking, you know, David, just before the podcast about like TikTok and stuff like that and how it's, it's just like just all these things that are really quick ads, ads are quick. Instagram videos are quick. Like people are always on their phones scrolling through stuff so fast. Like it's, it's teaching our culture to just not pay attention and not to have patience, but you know, patience is the most important thing in the stock market. So that's, uh, I think it's a lot harder for, for younger people, especially to, to be able to really sit down and not just you know, like, okay, I found this one guy I like, I'm just only going to like focus on this one thing and just listen to everything he says. And you know, everybody else is stupid. It's like, well, no, it doesn't work like that. I mean, any, anybody who's anybody who's very successful in the market can probably like just chime off probably at least 10 people that they built their own trading system off of. Yeah. Um, actually just reminded me of something just now. Um, I was going to say like, cause what, the way you were describing, uh, trading, like, I, I think I've pretty much learned all the patterns from like three posters that I downloaded off, off Google. Like, like it really wasn't like anything, you know, formal or whatever, but, but to your point, like I spent tons and tons of hours, I countless hours looking at charts from the one minutes to like the yearlies just to get a read on what those char- uh, patterns actually mean. And I think the best analogy I can make of it is like, if you're a, a general practitioner or doctor and you have a patient come in and he says, I've got X, Y, Z symptoms, I'm, you know, itchy skin here, I got to sneeze there, blah, blah, blah. It's like a good doctor can, can gather those symptoms and tell you what can, what it is. A bad doctor can go completely wrong because he's reading, you know, cause like the, what the charts are is it's a symptom. It's a symptom of people's personalities and the reactions to the price. Right. But if you read it incorrectly, then you're going to make the wrong moves. But if you learn to read it correctly, then that's when the magic kind of happens. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. Actually, I never thought about that. Like the doctor thing. That's a really good point. Yeah, you just yeah, it's, it's the same thing, right? Like, I mean, a, a, like you know, it's, I don't want to say a doctor's never right because that's kind of scary. But like, I mean, it's <laughs> but like I mean, it's it's basically best guess, right? I mean, it's the same thing that we do with trading. It's like you're there isn't a single person in the world that can tell you a hundred percent what the stock's going to do, but you just you pile as much information into it as you can and then you make the best guess yeah i think um i think the best way i could say is like it's um the, or the best thing i can suggest is is that the market's kind of like well i guess it depends on how deep you, you want to get into it right if you're like you want to be a passive investor it's kind of a different game but if you want to be more active it's kind of it's kind of like a data warfare out there and and to what you were saying earlier i think it's really important to get on twitter it's a, such an amazing um source of information like there's a lot of bull crap on there but so I have like a group of people that I follow and they all have differing opinions and they're all experts in one area or another, mostly economists or like um, really well, business people have done really well. And I love their insight on, on matters, right? And so like I follow a selection of these guys and then it really informs my decisions and informs my perspectives too. Um, and I think the danger with that is like you just get a bunch of people that agree on things and, and you know, that makes you feel good. But I think it's important to get a bunch of people that are really smart that you respect, but may not necessarily agree with all the time. Mm-hmm. 
And then so you gather gather those. That, if you can get a group like that, I think it's a very powerful thing. It is for sure. And the, the other thing that I want to mention too is that it's it even is beneficial to follow guys that you know have influence in the market but aren't necessarily like good traders. Like in small caps and stuff, for example, like I follow a lot of the guys that are like pumpers on Twitter and stuff. <laughs> because, but but then I know, right? So if I see if I see a stock spike up and I see you know one of these pumpers post about it, I know it's an artificial move, and I know it's a good it's going to be a good short because I know that he's trapped all of his followers. There's no news. This stock has no reason to be up. Those are the ones that I'll short even harder. The ones that I know the pumpers are the ones holding it up because it's it's artificial, right? So it's going to come back down. Because it's not even like it's not even the company moving it at that point. So you're turning it around. You're making money off of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, a lot of guys that I know, they actually they subscribe to to stock pumpers chat rooms. Like they pay for their chat rooms, and then when they see them give out alerts, they'll jump on that stock short because they know it's going to tank like very shortly after the guys post it. Because just like so everybody knows the way the way that like stock pumpers work is basically what they do is they try and find any stock that has a very, very, very low float, because then they can manipulate it a lot easier. Like if you have a stock like that has, you know, a billion shares, like one guy in his chat room isn't going to be able to do anything. But if you have a guy who's got, you know, like 10,000 followers in his chat room, and he's got like, you know, half a million followers on Twitter, or like whatever, like he has a huge following. Um, if he finds a stock that has like, you know, a million float, and it's like a $5 stock, and there's very, very, very little volume, then if he posts about that and says, hey, guys, this like I just got wind that this thing's got some crazy news coming out, like I'm buying this stock, you know, hop on with me, whatever. He's probably already accumulated his shares over the past couple of days. And then he's going to post that. And then as soon as he sees the volume starting to come in, because he can't exit a position that big without liquidity. So he needs volume. He needs buyers to sell into. So as soon as all his followers start buying into the stock, he's just he's just hammering the sell button into them. And then as soon as he's out of his position, because he's already accumulated all his shares, well, you know, there goes all your support. And then all of a sudden the stock just tanks because it's all longs and everybody who's, you know, a, a, a educated short seller has piled in with him. So now you have this massive influx of him selling his position coupled with all these professional short sellers that know that it's all very small accounts. Like uned uneducated traders are really skittish in their, in their positions, right? Like any little fluctuation, you, you panic out of this, out of the position. So it kind of creates like a domino effect. So as this guy's selling out, you know, you get into a key resistance level or whatever, everybody else shorts into it. And then all these guys, because like some of these moves, I think, um, let me see that was this week. Um, this one? No. Um, yeah, I witnessed a lot of that in the crypto market too. There's a lot of chat rooms and YouTube, YouTube uh, stars or whatever saying, "Oh, buy this shit coin, buy that shit coin. It's going to do whatever." They're all making up news and whatever, but I, I just yeah, can't people that are like backing them. People do it all. I just I want to find this one because there was one this week that's actually a really good example of it. I'll see if I can. Did you say under a million is is considered short, uh, like a low float? Yeah. Yeah, under a million is considered like micro float. Like low low float to me is like around like five thousand shares. Um, I the name of this ticker. Hmm. It's like you know I'm in Galaxy, and that one averages like seven fifty k volume. And uh, judging by the patterns, like I know like real traders what's, are playing it. What's the float though? Uh, seven hundred fifty k ish. That's the average. 
Floats only seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, it's on TSX only. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty small. Yeah, it moves though. It really moves. Like, 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 like a bull on Bitcoin. It'll move twice as much as Bitcoin. So. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I actually hold on, I found it. You see, you see, this is why it's important to know the name of the companies you invest in. You trade. <laughs> yeah. Well, <fuck> <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this this is it right here. So IXHL, let's see. I don't even know if it'll be on here yet. IXHL. So, so yeah, so this one's got forty eight million floats. So it's a little bit bigger, but it's like it's it looks like it was a recent IPO or something. So you can't actually see the shares float of the institutional ownership on here. I could we could look through that on BAM SEC, but I don't want to go through all that trouble right now. But um, so it's probably like a really small float. You know, probably has a high short float, whatever. But this this is what those moves look like. So, like, you know, you have it kind of like petering around on zero volume. And then within, you know, three days, it goes from 10 bucks up to 90. Right. So I'll just jump into it's going to look really spotty on here because it's uh, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to see very much. Well, the volume is so interesting. Yeah, like the volume is just super low, but like basically if I had this pulled up on my actual broker, you'd be able to see a little bit better, but like pretty much what happened on this day here, like this, this big day here was the one that it was pumped up. I'm just going to line candle so you can see it. But basically what happened is like pre-market, the stock was just kind of like, you know, floating around like 18, 20 bucks or whatever. And then this particular pumper started posting about it like crazy. And then as soon as it opened, it literally just like, halted up, reopened, halted up, reopened, halted up, reopened, right up to 80 bucks or 90 bucks or whatever it was. And then instantly after that, the exact same thing back down. So it halted down, halted down, halted down, all the way back down to like 30 bucks. And then it did the same thing back up, halt up, halt up, halt up to 68. And then it just tanked into the next, like right into the close. It just absolutely got demolished back down to 18 bucks. And then the next day, you know, just kind of, you know, fizzled away on nothing on super low volume, but like that, that's what these moves look like. So these are the kind of things that these chat rooms try to do is they'll find these really low float companies with no news, no reason to be up. Like maybe it's just kind of like, it's kind of trickled up a little bit just from them buying their own position into it. And then when they tell other chat room to buy into it, the thing just explodes and they're selling that whole position on the way up into all those people. And now you have all these people that are only paying, you know, they're 50 bucks a month for these, for these alert chat rooms because they want to, you know, take the easy way out. Well, they probably all bought at 60, 70 and $80. And, you know, now the stock is worth 12 bucks two days later. Right. And it's like the only way it's going to come back is if, is if the, if, is if the chat room gets back into it again or a different chat room. Right. So um, that's kind of like what these moves look like. So that's, that, that, that's a good example that happened last week, but it's just something to be aware of guys. Like it's, we talk about it all the time, like, you know, David and myself, like it both took us years and years and years to get to the point we are now. And we're still far, like far from experts, like compared to guys that have been doing this for like 20 plus years. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. And, you know, you have to figure out your personality with it. Like I said, it's, it's, that's one of the things that I love about it. But I think, I think that's one of the deterrents for a lot of people is that you really can't just, in my opinion, I mean, you, you can't really just come in and completely copy someone else's strategy like even if they teach you how to do it and it's not an alert 
it's like, you know, these are the things I look for. This is how I scan for stocks. These are the levels I work off of. Like, you know, you have a full breakdown of what their system looks like. It still doesn't mean that you're going to be a profitable trader because that particular system might not fit your personality. You might use something similar to it, but it's probably not going to be the exact same. Like I have, my style is fairly similar to like a couple people that I follow, but it's not the exact same. Like a lot of the times when they're, when they're covering their position, that's where I'm starting in short. Right. But so we're, we're like, we might be in the same stocks, but we're, we're, we're operating in slightly different ways. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's just kind of a personality thing at the end of the day, but it, it, you just have to get as much information as you can. <clears throat> I think it's funny the other day we were saying, um, you wrote, you wrote three things down. I don't know if they were a reminder to yourself or, but, but you were like, that was like the, the result of years of years of educating yourself and trading. And I was like, because because the what you wrote down seems appears simple like they were in like instructions on how to uh, do a trade but i was like this is the funny part though it's almost like encryption right it's encryption in in just plain english because if you don't have the experience to back it up you what you're reading is gibberish to you like you you don't understand what it means but then because you've had the experience and the, you know you know the ups and downs you know exactly what those things mean and then you know exactly what happens if you don't do those things. And so it's like, it's really funny how that works out. Yeah, It's funny. I, th well, I think I've, cause I know I've sent you my, like my trading outline, like over the past year. And I think every time I send it to you, it gets shorter. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does. But, but, but the reason for that is because like, I think, I think like me personally, I know a lot, a lot of other people are probably in the same boat. I, I almost tried to like overcomplicate it for a long time because in my mind it was like, you know, it's so hard to learn. It takes so many years to learn it. Like it takes so much time, so much money, so much investment. Like you almost want it to be complicated. Like you want to be like, okay, I need these like 40 different things to line up. And then I'm just going to load into this trade. Like that was my, that was my thought process for a long time. And the more strict I got with it, the biggest problem with that for me was that anytime one thing didn't line up or, or everything lined up, but the trade didn't work, then it was basically like, I'd go back to the drawing board, start studying charts and like almost invalidating this whole process that I've built up over the past few months or whatever. So if I had like a really complicated process that needed, you know, like a dozen things to line up perfectly. And then I'm like, you know, I'm hitting it, I'm hitting it, I'm hitting it, it's working, it's working, it's working. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work. Like at the time when I was like less of a confident trader, I'd be sitting there and I'm like digging through everything. And I'm like, why didn't this work? Like it hit my, you know, 12 parameters. And then I just start looking into other stuff and I'd be like, oh, okay, well, like, like, why is this one, like this one had, you know, say a different market cap, for example, than all the other last 10 ones I did that worked. So like, maybe I need to work that into the system. So now I have 13 parameters that I need to work with. And it just kind of like spirals to the point where like, you know, you're just way too nervous to even take a trade. So that's why now I just, I've, I've cut my system back, like so simplistic, because especially when you're trading a lot of stocks too, it needs to be relatively quick. Like you can't be you know, if you're trying to trade like a couple different stocks every day, you can't, you can't be like, you know, spending four hours researching every single one. It's just not going to work. Right. So like, I, I can read you off, like the thing I sent you, David, I just kind of refined it. So like my, my, my whole, this is my whole system. Like, like I, I have this on my desktop saved on all my monitors, just so I can read it. But it says, number one, it must stuff off of a line, not randomly. Number two, cover in thirds down to the last clear support. Number three, add on bounces prior to hitting that support. Number four, use big picture for levels. That's my, that's my trading system. That's it. Like I can read that. I know exactly what that means. 
And if I'm in, if I'm looking at the markets and I'm a little unsure, I can read that and it just clears it right up and I'll make I'll make the trade. <laughs> but like yeah. Anybody else will read that and they'll just go, well, that's useless. But like to me, that's like, <laughs> that, is, that is those those four points, if you know what they mean, are at are priceless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's been through the same. It's like the same cycle basically. When you start, you know nothing, and then you start to gather pieces of information you're like oh that makes sense oh i like this and, you st- and before you know it, you've got this whole fucking bag of tools in front of you and you, you just like lost in them because because similar to what you said like when i was trading a lot of crypto earlier in the years like i had so many indicators on my chart and then because there's so many of them they started to contradict each other or, or imply different things it got to the point where like i didn't know what to do i'm like it could be either of these things and with, with and they're both confirmed so it's like what the fuck right so at some point, I feel like you got to take a leap of faith and just trust your system and be like, okay, it's this. And if it's not this, then I do these, then I run this protocol and that's it. Right. Confidence, confidence in the trades comes from planning, right? Like before you get into a trade, know your entry and know your exit. If you know your entry, you know your, well, I should say the three things, I guess, know your entry, know your exit and know where you're going to stop for a long as long as you're, as long as you know, those three things before you get into a trade, you can trade all day long and not be stressed. Because the only time you get stressed is if you jump into something without a like without a plan. You might you might see a perfect setup and just hop into it and say, okay, yeah, I'll short it here and I'll get out here, and then all of a sudden it keeps going, and then you zoom out and you're looking at everything and you're going, oh fuck, like where am I going to get out of this thing? Like should I add now? And like then you start second guessing yourself. So it comes down to planning, right? Like every trade has to have a plan. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually how we're, we we make money off the guys that sort of get indecisive, right? Stock goes down. They're thinking about selling. Then it starts going back up. They're not thinking about selling anymore. They're gonna. They're gonna be like, "Oh, I'm gonna take the ride up." And it's like, "No, I'm taking the ride up. I'm gonna sell it to your ass." You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, exactly. That comes with confidence, though. I mean, that really just comes with like years of screen time, being able to be comfortable in those positions, and and be able to kind of sit through some some painful drawdowns if you have to, as as long as your your original thesis isn't invalidated, right? And the the biggest like the biggest thing for me that I learned. excuse me, that I learned over last year, just in my own personal trading was, was being able to, to cut a loss and move on, like not, not cut a loss and dig into every little aspect about why it was a loss. And like, did I miss something like, yeah, I'll look at it really quickly and just be like, okay, is there anything I missed? And if I didn't really miss anything, then I'll just be like, okay, like that was just the one, you know, cause I, I, like I always say, you know, I win like 90 odd percent of my trades. So that was just the 10% that didn't work. And that happened. So like, I'm, I'm confident in my own um, trading now that I can I can take those losses, you know, take two minutes to look at it, make sure I didn't miss anything. If I didn't miss anything, that was just one of the ones that didn't work. It's my system still still works. Like I don't need to start second guessing everything. <clears throat> I think it's super important. We we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's super important, or maybe offline we did, but like that uh, a trader's confidence is like one of the most important things. You gotta kind of like baby it and like you know. Kind of like it's like a plant you got to baby it and you gotta water it you got to keep it you got to keep it alive because like if yeah. that thing's gone you're done right you're done like everything is confidence if you are not confident in your in your trading you will you will lose money every time like that's just the reality of it and that's that's why a lot of guys don't trade very often like i know guys that are that are you know quote unquote day traders and they might only trade like 25 times a year but the reason for that is because there's like they have a very specialized system that they you know they can make one, two, three hundred thousand dollars in one day on a very, very specific setup. Like like sector plays, I think is a good example. Like we had all the 
all the oil stocks like over the past week, like INDO, IMPP, like all those oil stocks that were going crazy. Um, I'll pull some of them up here. Um, yeah, so like this is INDO. This is one of the oil stocks. So you can see like, you know, it kind of started in January. It was, you know, three bucks. And then over the next couple months, it ran up to, you know, 86 bucks. So, but the, this type of, this type of a sector play and then IMPP, this is another one. This is another oil stock, you know, it went from 50 cents up to, you know, 10 bucks or so in maybe a month. Um, can't remember. There's a few other ones too, but these are kind of the main ones, but, but the, like these type of sector plays, like they only happen maybe, you know, maybe once or twice a year. And like, it's, it, it's really just whenever a stock kind of runs in accumulation with a bunch of other things, like we had like, um, like there's been like shipping companies, like when the Ebola stocks went crazy, there was the coronavirus stocks. There was the, like the defense stocks when there was all the police shootings in the States, those ones kind of all went crazy. Um, so like, this is just an example of a particular type of, of setup that like those, those guys look for. So like, because these things only happen a couple times a year, like they might only trade like literally a couple times a year. But when they hit these stocks, I mean, you're making, you know, you're making a couple million dollars in a day when you hit these things right, if you know what you're doing. So that's, but again, like back to the original point that comes down to the confidence, right? Like they have to, they have to, for their personality, only trade these stocks maybe because if they, if they trade all the time and they lose, you know, maybe they lose 30% of their trades and they win 70, well, when this stock shows up, they might not have the confidence to throw, you know, 200,000 shares short on this thing or buy, you know, a couple hundred thousand shares long because they just don't have that level of confidence, right? So they might make, say, say one of these guys, for example, makes a million dollars on this stock in a day. Well, because he's been trading all the time now, making, say he's making a thousand bucks a day here and there or whatever. And then he has losses and, you know, his confidence is kind of iffy, but he's still making money. Well, when he sees this stock, maybe he's only going to make 20 or $30,000. So like on the whole year, it's actually more profitable for that personality type to only make these couple trades and just completely ignore everything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. I've been shot before where it's like, <clears throat> I'll get into a stock too late and I'll get out way too early. And what could have been like a pretty, pretty nice spread just was so compressed because it's just, just fear. Yeah. Yeah. Like these things, I mean, even if you look at these things intraday, like, like the opportunities, like, I mean, you know, if you're a long bias trader, I mean, like, look at this setup right here, you know, like you have a nice, uh, draw some lines in here. That's a perfect. Um, and again, angle. like there, there's a, there's a million different ways to play these things, but like just from first glance, I'll put on the five minutes, just condense it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, super typical triangle, like great breakout, hit its target. What what uh, what time frame was that? Uh, that was the uh, here we go. This is the five minute here now. For it to load. Oh, apparently that line was glitching my computer. All right, I'll keep the line out of there. So this is this is the five minute time frame. So this is like one day, two days, three days, four days. So over basically like a week, we had this we had this kind of initial like steady run up, and then we had this top right here, you know, two dollars and eighty cents. And you know, if you kind of zoom into this, right before that run, I mean, here's your top, like right at two eighty. So it kind of like you know rejected way down and got back up to two sixty, came down again, but we're still you know we're, we're still overall trending up. 
And then, you know, you hit on day five, you hit this top a couple times again, and then right into the close, like this is, you know, this is 30 in the afternoon. We break over that level from, from a week ago. And then, you know, you go from $2.80 up to $4.50 at the open, and then it spikes right at the gate and you're up to, you know, $7.87. So like that's literally, that's a hundred percent move overnight basically right there if you're a long buy trader and like that's that's the sort of thing i'm talking about is like you know these are the things that people look for and then on the short side you know if you're going to short it on this day say you know you could short it up you know when it breaks down back below the eight dollar line because you know you hit this whole times eight dollars is your top well it breaks through it and then it fails so like you short this once it fails or you know wait till it fails and short this pop back up into the eight dollar area i mean even if you read it all the way over to here and you shorted this up you know seven bucks it literally like within one day it's 11 in the morning until 12 30 so well quarter after 11 so in an hour even on the short side you know you're going from seven bucks down to 380 so you're making you know 50 percent in an hour so like these are, these are just kind of like an example of people that that might take these sort of moves to trade only only like a couple times a year because they're looking for very very specific setups on very specific stocks so but again, it's just, you know, it's your personality, whatever works best for you. Like a lot of people, a lot of people might take, you know, 20 cents on a stock like this and they trade every day. And some people might swing this. Like I know a lot of swing traders that, that would hold this for like a month. And then, cause even if you, even if you're a swing trader, I mean, you can, you can still make really good money on these things. And then you can even wait until they crash before you, like, before you get out of them. Cause if you like, I, I, you know, this isn't something that I would personally swing trade, but like, for example, going up because of everything that was happening in Russia. So you see this, you know, you see this big spike. If this stock fits your parameters, you know, maybe you load the boat on this day here at, you know, 70 cents, and then you just hold it and you sell it back up at these previous highs, you know, it's 750. Like, you know, you can make a few thousand percent in like a week and a half. Right. Or you could even wait until this big fat red day here where the stock kind of changes direction. And even so, if you sell it, you know, if you sell it at the close of this day, but you're in down here, I mean, you're still making like, I don't know what, five, six, seven hundred percent. So there's a lot of ways to play these. But, you know, it, it, again, it just depends on your personality. But that's just back to the original point that everybody's system is so different. Like some people might swing trade this from this day to this day and be out. Some people might you know, swing trade it from here and then sell it up into this high right here. Or some people might short this and swing it all the way down. Or, you know, some people might day trade it. Like there's, there's so many different ways to play the exact same stock. And that's, that's again, why back to the start of the podcast I was talking about, it's, it's important in my opinion to, to read books and learn about other people's styles because that will help you make these decisions because you know how, like, you want to know what the big players are doing because they're the ones that have all the money. Right. So like, if you know, that like there's you know a handful of guys on Twitter who make a million dollars in a in a week long swing trade and you know that they're they got their eyes on this stock well that can give you a bit of insight into what kind of money is long what kind of money is short and just you know it's it's not going to like really define exactly where you're going to get in and out but it's 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 for me it's always good to kind of have that in the back of your head just to know generally what the what the feel is on the on the particular stock and like what the money flow is yeah I think. I think it's the other thing that's interesting is like the amount of money you play, right? Because like kind of complementary to to what you're saying, like depending on your sh on your stra strategy, like you could be an all in kind of guy 
or you could you could be playing with like, like a sizable pot five six figures but you're only going gunning for like a five ten fifteen percent move or you could be like playing with maybe 10 grand or less or five grand but you're looking for like these monster 50 percent 100 percent 200 percent moves so there's a yeah. lot of ways to play like we could be playing the exact same asset even playing the exact same move but just based on how we we're allocating money it's it could change everything yeah i see a lot of guys that do that they'll play like some guys will play the exact same stock and, you know, one guy will have a position that's 20 times bigger than the other guy, but the guy with the giant position, like maybe he only makes 10 cents on the stock because it's just such a big position. He just wants to get in and out take his money. And then maybe the guy that's playing, you know, one tenth of that size, he makes, you know, a dollar on the stock because he's just willing to, you know, buy it and hold it or short it and, you know, hang on to it for two or three days. So like, like they might make the same amount of money. And I, and I, I know a handful of guys that um, have gone through that process. Like they've gone to the level where they, they trade a thousand, 2000 shares all the way up to trading, you know, a hundred thousand shares. And then they come all the way back down to trading, you know, a couple thousand shares again, because it's just like for whatever style they have, they can make more money on a couple thousand shares because you're more patient. It's less stressful. You can hang on to it and let the move play out a little bit more. You're not, you're not going to get scared out of your position. You're going to take less losses. So like size isn't the answer. Like size, I mean, for certain people it is. Like certain people just keep, you know, expanding as their account gets bigger. They just play the same move and just get bigger and bigger and bigger. But for a lot of people, it just adds more stress and you just end up having all these like emotional roller coasters and you can't hold on to your position. That's a great point. I think in trading more is not better. Like most of the time it's not better. Like the amount <clears> of money you play significantly affects your personality or your thought process towards the trade and the money so it's like sometimes you know you got to find your, your comfort level anything below that anything above that just like it's no good yeah like i've had so, like every single time i make a trade i always leave money on the table like every time right like and that's just the way that i trade like usually if i'm if i'm shorting something like i'll take off like usually half my position like very quickly just to just to cushion where my stop loss is or give me the ability to re-add on a bounce or whatever and then like by the time I get to the very end, like I'm, I might only be holding like, you know, a sixth of my position, like something really, really small because I'm just like, you know, eh, at this point, if it goes back up and stops me out, like whatever, I'm out like a couple bucks. And then if it keeps going down, then then that's just training me to to hang on to some of it. And then if it keeps going lower and this is kind of becoming a common thing, then I can add a little bit more size eventually to that piece that I let to go lower. So it's like. It's almost just like a training thing. It's not really like a money thing, but, but yeah, like I'm, I, I'm like me personally, I'm never holding my whole position. Like as soon as I get that first move, I take off half, like just to, just to cushion everything. And then as soon as that's done, I can just sit there and just be like, okay, like we're good. We're in the money. Like, even if I take a loss now in my remaining position, I'm going to be out for a break even. So then you can, then you're trading for free and you can kind of relax. Yeah. It's interesting. We were talking about that. Uh, Oh, I think last year, I, um, I think it was last year, I mentioned that, like, because it happened to me, like, I, it, and it, I, it, like, my, my view on my, my own portfolio completely changed, where it's like, it got to a certain size where I'm like, I'm not about taking risks anymore. Like, when I first started, it's like, you got nothing. So it's like, you got nothing to lose. You just take the risk all in on one stock, whatever, right? But you get to a certain point, and it's like, no, it's all now, now it's about mitigating losses. Like, my, my whole perspective now is like, I, I don't even care about maximizing my gains now. I'm, I almost never get even close to like where the, where, the, where the stock tops out. I'm just like, I'm just trying to not lose. And if I do lose, yeah. not lose much. 
And it's like, and it seems like to me, it's like, if I can avoid doing that, I'm actually coming out so much better. That's all trading is just avoiding losses, right? Like anybody can make money in the stock market. I mean, I, I made my first trade ever. I made, I made more money in that one trade than I did, I think until like two or three years later, because I just didn't know what I was doing. I threw a whole bunch of money into it. I made like, you know, three or 400 bucks and like, oh, fuck, this is easy. And then, you know, I lost it all the next day. <laughs> right. <laughs> And like, I think, I think we saw a lot of that last year. Yeah. I think it's fair to say like everybody can make money in the market, but keeping it, cause we always joke about that. It's like, Oh, you made money in AMC. Okay. We'll see. Talk to us next year. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, are you doing? All those guys are gone. <laughs> you say what? Yeah, I love, yeah. All those guys are gone and we're still here. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Just like, yeah. I, I, I like I actually like this quite though. Somebody commented. So I've only I've only traded two Bitcoin cycles, right? The the previous one and this current one. So I didn't I didn't have the experience to know this, but uh, some guy on, on on Twitter that I followed, he was like saying um, in the middle of this crypto run, he's like, you're you're gonna you're gonna wish it was quiet. You're gonna wish for the times see, like when you first get into crypto, you wish for the the the, the bull run because that's so exciting. You're making a lot of money, right? But he's like, when you've been in this long enough, you want you want the quiet times. Because when the bull runs happen, all these noobs start coming in. They're all over Twitter, fucking laser eyes, diamond hands, all this stupid shit. They're just talking sh smack to everybody. You know, that guy, what's his name? He, 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 made him, he made himself famous doing some kind of gambling thing. He was talking shit about uh, Warren Buffett. He's like, oh, I'm, you know, doing better than Warren Buffett. And it's just like, it's just insufferable people. Like, they don't understand that they, it's not, it's not skill at all that's making them uh, have these gains, right? It's like I'm really appreciating yeah. the quiet right now. I I, I like bear markets now. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it is kind of irritating because like even even in the stuff that I trade, it's the same thing. You get just get so many people into it, and then like it just kind of gives you a bad name too. Because like if you're like you know if you're like a small cap trader, you're a crypto trader, you get lumped in with all these guys, and it's like no, I've been doing it for so much longer than <laughs> that. I'm like. That's not what I do. Like this is a business to me. It's not like I just yolo it all my fucking credit card into this stock just to hope for a million bucks right yeah and that's yeah, that's I, that's the that's the thing i hate the most is when guys like guys just take like their life savings and throw it into a stock and they hold on to it for you know five months and make a whole whack load of money and then they you know they have a, a bajillion followers and they're saying like how they're the best and i made so much money in one year and on this one stock and it's just like it's like man you just you just had a sick like bet that's all you did. Like it was, it was a, it was a gamble and you won. Like that's literally, it was like, no different than like horse racing, you go to a horse race and you, you know, you bet a hundred thousand dollars on, you know, number three horse to win and you win. It's like great, you know, good job. That doesn't mean that you're, you know, a professional horse racer. <laughs> you know what? I think that is the dangerous thing about trading, right? Unlike the other games of chance where it's like casino lottery ticket, what have you. It's like, when people win those, they recognize that it's luck and they kind of sort of at least somewhat appreciate that it's luck and they don't act like assholes. But then with trading, it's like they get lucky, they make a few bucks and suddenly they're a fucking genius. Yeah, I know. It's true. Yeah, because it's it's like it's it's gambling, right? If you're not if you don't know what you're doing, like, like I just said, if you don't know your entry, your exit and your stop, then you're gambling. If you don't have all those three things planned out, you're you're a gambler. I uh, I don't see a lot of people advertising. I don't know if you noticed, but like during, I think about halfway through the 2020 bull run, I started seeing a lot of ads for uh, people trying to teach other people how to trade options. Because apparently that's how yeah. most people are making money in 2020, right? They weren't even buying spot 
assets they were just trading options because you can get like 100x so so easily right and it's like well yeah in a bull run you could just just whatever piss in any direction buy whatever and it'll go up you know it's like but you don't hear a lot of them now it's like yeah because it goes down too you know yeah yeah like all that all that all those diamond hand guys all those option guys like they're they're all gone like completely gone like they're they're not even in the markets anymore and like i think like you and i have been talking about this for two years and like you know we're not trying to shit on anyone i mean i'm sure there's like i'm sure there's a handful of those guys that actually like took the time to try and learn and you know step back a little bit or just took their money and ran like i know a few guys that did that and that's you know that's smart too because that's they're using the mentality like oh i just won the lottery i better just take this and run not put my all my winnings back into the lottery you know what i mean so like there is some people that are that were smart about it but uh, yeah like it, it's a business right i mean it's a business it's a skill it's it takes a lot of time and, and effort to to get to a point where you can make money consistently and i think like the the biggest thing that i want to stress to people that are that are new in this is like it's it's really like enticing to see all these you know guys making tons of money and tons of money but like they've worked really hard <laughs> like for years like if you're getting to the point where you can consistently make like thousands of dollars a day like you have put so much time and effort into this. Nobody can do that. There's nobody in this planet that can do that consistently day after day, week after week, month after month without putting in 10 hour, 15 hour days for years beforehand to get to that point. There is nobody that can do that. And I don't care what anybody says. If they tell you otherwise, they're lying because it like it's just it, it is that difficult and it takes that much screen time to be able to do it. So like when you get to when you get to like for me personally, like where I'm at. Like I'm never looking to make, you know, I'm never looking to just load the boat on something and make a home run trade in one shot and, you know, sail off into the sunset with my millions. Like I'm looking to make consistent money, a little bit of money every week, every month, over and over and over again with zero stress. And then over time, I just make my, just scale up, just make my trade size a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And then, you know, a couple of years down the road, like, you know, I'll be able to sit there and make X amount of dollars that might seem insane to some people. And to me, it'll just be another day. Like it'll just be, yeah, well, you know, I only woke up, you know, half asleep. I'm kind of tired, groggy, whatever, but I can still, you know, make this money because it's just, it just becomes that robotic, right? And you're that good at it and you're that specialized, but it's, it's, it's scaling up. Like you don't, you don't just jump in and make a million dollars every day. That, that takes years and years and years and years to work up to that level. Yeah, and I don't know how few people actually get to that level. I don't know if there's a comparison like to professional sports. Like, okay, you play ball, that's good. You're probably the best among your friends. But if you get to NBA level, you're like one of I don't know what the what the odds are, right? But I imagine trading is probably going to be even harder, even even more rare to get to that level. Yeah, it's it's, it's well, it's the same with yeah, it's exactly the same with anything, right? I mean, like you know, like we might have one person who has been trading just as long and just an invested and just as smart as another person. Like you could take two of the exact same people, put them in a room, give them all the education, train them for years. One person has, you know, a little bit, maybe he has like less natural anxiety than the other person, for example, or maybe he, maybe he has like a little bit more of like a pain tolerance or like just something like that can literally be the difference between, you know, person A being able to trade and make, you know, $10 million a year and person B being able to trade and only make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like it, it can be that, that dramatic and it really just comes down to your, your risk tolerance. Right. So that's, that's a huge factor is just the person. I mean, no, no matter how educated you are, I mean, money's money. Like if you're, 
if you're sitting there and you, you know, you have a couple million dollars in the bank and you get into a position and it immediately goes against you and you see like, you know, negative $5,000 on your account, even if you're a multimillionaire, like that might, that might be too much for you and you got to cut it and it stresses you out and, you know, you have a bad day or whatever, but like there might be another person who's only worth a hundred thousand dollars and they might have that same scenario and just be like, all right, you know, no big deal. It's still working, like still part of the plan. If it goes to negative $10,000, then I'll cut it and I'll move on. Right. And that's just a personality thing. Like you can, you can train yourself. I mean, it, it's no different with like basketball and stuff. Like the more skill you have in your specific discipline, the easier it is to, to weather that kind of stuff. And uh, I think, again, that just comes back to those three things, you know, entry, exit and stop. As long as you've planned those out and you've accepted that before you get into the trade, then there's no reason to be stressed. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that, that, that's probably the best. That's, that's probably like the most accurate three to put, put up there. Although my number one is always the same because I, I don't know about you, but I think at least nine out of 10, but I'm pretty sure it's closer to 10 out of 10 people that I talk to who are thinking about getting into trading or investing don't know which they want to get into and actually haven't even thought about it until I ask them. Like, you know, which are you, investor or trader? Because they're diametrically opposite in terms of how you execute your your plans, right? And it's like, you kind of have to know which, which otherwise you're never going to be able to plan a trade. It's, it's always going to be confusing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. I see that a lot, too. I see that in, uh, like, I know some people that have been investors their whole life, and now they're trying to get into, like, not trading, but, like, long-term swing trading, I guess I would call it. Like, where you're holding something for, like, six months to a year to two years kind of thing. And uh, like they, they have a hard time making that differentiation because in their minds, if you buy something and hold it forever, it's going to keep going up. Even if it goes way back down, it'll still come way back up. Well, that doesn't really necessarily happen if you're trading certain stocks or swinging certain stocks. So I think, yeah, that's a really good point is to make that differentiation, be able to treat those as two separate, separate jobs. I, I'll tell you exactly what the conflict I had is where it's like for my long-term investments, it's not just um, it's not just the habit of buying and keeping, but it's also like I only buy and keep stocks that I'm super, super, super bullish on. And I, and I love the outlook of the company. Right. And they can basically do no wrong. So it's like in my mind, it's like, well, if they could do no wrong, why the hell am I selling the stock right now? You know, so like so like it totally like fucks up the trade. Right. So it's like I have to shut off the investment side if I want to start doing my trades. I'm like, I can't look at it as the same asset that I invest. If you're, if you're trading, like if you're, if you're day trading an asset that you have as an investment as well, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, so like yeah. when, when I'm trading Tesla, I'm not looking at Tesla that, that I invested in. I'm looking at Tesla, the one that I see on the technicals chart that's telling me maybe you should get out of this fucking position. That's like, right. I can't right. make the two. Right. But those are separately allocated. You're like, you're treating them as again, like it's two different, like two different businesses. Yeah. So sometimes they're in the same account, like the RSP, I, you know, I'd still trade around that core position, but. But when I'm executing the trades, I'm not looking at it as an investment asset at all. I don't care what it looks like six months from now. I'm not thinking about the balance sheet. I don't care about its product roadmap, any of it. I'm just looking at the technicals. And I'm just like, it's screaming sell. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. And that's it. Like, yeah, no questions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Right on. Yeah, I think, I think we could probably wrap it up there. I think that was that was probably pretty good. Uh, good little tidbits for people to keep in mind and get uh you know get started on your trading journey and it's the same thing we always talk about i mean it's patience it's discipline and it's screen time i mean it's it's a job where you can make in theory unlimited amounts of money and you know you can't make unlimited amounts of money without putting in work you can't like it's you can't do that anywhere so like it, it you have to put in the time you have to treat it like a business if you want to put in the time and learn 
Like you'll get rewarded. It's going to be tough, but you're, you know, you're going to get burned along the way. But if you keep at it, like you can make money, you can make a lot of money. So actually to add to that point, um, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I feel like trading is probably one of the few things where you can't, you can't learn it just off sheer will. Like, you know, if you're trying to learn science, you could kind of will it, right? You put in the work, you just pull a bunch of all-nighters, you study it, the hell out of it, and then you can kind of like grasp it. And, you know, where it's like trading, it's like, you can't push it. It's, you know, it's like, it comes, at, it comes at its own pace. Your development comes at its own pace. And you and I talked about this a lot where it's like, we're, every time we think we got the damn thing, it, it proves that we don't, right? And every time that happens, it's like back to the fucking drawing board. Where do we go wrong? You know, and it's like, you can't plan for those things and you can't like outwork those things. They just happen. You can just kind of like, you just, you just have to kind of persevere. However long your, your learning curve is, it's, you just kind of have to persevere. Yeah, everyone's going to be different. It's all just screen time, right? It's one of those things like, like you know, David's saying, you can't, you know, you can cram for a science test. You can't cram for a trade because in the moment, you know, everything's like, it's, it's different to like know the answer versus knowing the answer and watching your bank account change based on what your answer was in real time. Very different. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this whole area is about like second guessing yourself. It, it gives every chance, it gives you every reason to second guess your decisions. Yeah, exactly. That's what makes it fun though. <laughs> true, true, true. All right, guys, thanks. Uh, if you have any, you know, any comments you want us to go over, like maybe any video topics, uh, let us know below. Uh, make sure you subscribe. We'll, uh, you know, we've been, at, we've been at this for I think over a year now getting some, some good feedback. So I hope you guys are learning some stuff and uh, we'll keep at it. Later.